Welcome to the FDO Show. I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and joining me today is Hilary Sussman, author of The Adventures of Roxy and Malibu, It's Okay to be Different. Welcome to the show, Hilary, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Great. Let's start. Um, tell us maybe a little bit of background about yourself. Um, I live outside of Philadelphia, United States, Pennsylvania, um, and I'm a physical therapist. I've been doing it for over 23 years. I work primarily with the geriatric population, and I've been doing home care for most of my career. I'm still doing it, but I'm working in an assisted living now um, with the geriatric population, so that's what I'm doing now. Um, and I have three kids, 20, 18, and 15, and then my dog, Roxy, who the book is kind of based on. Right. So let's get into right into that. So what made you, have you always been an author? Have you always wanted to be an author? Or what, I guess, sort of what inspired that transition from, you know, doing home care and, and physiotherapy, I think you mentioned that, to writing a book? Um, it kind of just happened over COVID when my company actually closed, my full-time job closed be right before COVID. It was crazy, right in January. And then I had gotten a new job and then COVID came. So then I found myself not working because they closed the building. Um, and my husband just suggested really that I start writing because I've always been able to rhyme a lot. Like when I studied in physical therapy school or even back to high school, I could always rhyme. So, and my dog, I love dogs and we really love my dog. So it was a combination of my physical therapy background, um, my dog having a bunch of surgeries, me rhyming. And then I just started writing kids books he was like why don't you try it and then I did and then I just kept writing oh that's awesome now tell us a little bit more about Roxy so my real dog Roxy who I based the character on she does not have three legs even though the main character of the book and the series does but she did have her most she had two ACL surgeries and two cancerous tumors removed so the most recent being a year ago when I started the book so I guess it was like I had just gone through the rehab with her and that was like in my mind and she almost lost her leg because we were waiting for the biopsy to get back and, you know, the clean margins and it was fine. So it was kind of on my mind that she could have lost her leg and my brother has a three-legged dog. So all kind of, I made the character three-legged dog. So she's awesome. She's 10. And, and how's she doing now? She's great. She's just a, a little old lady and we love her. She's really, I'm very attached to her. So uh, yeah, she's awesome. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more about the book? Right. So this book is called Roxy and Malibu. It's okay to be different. And then we'll talk about the next book later. So all of the books in the series will just be Roxy going on different, the same main character going on different adventures and teaching new lessons as a tripod dog. So um, in this first book, she loses her leg in the beginning and you see her go to the vet and you see the bandage and then she goes home and she's really dreaming of the dog park but she can't go because she's resting. And then you see her finally get the clearance from the vet and go back to the dog park. And when she gets there, she sees a dog sitting alone who's missing an ear and that's Malibu. So she walks up to Malibu and kind of shares her story with Malibu about what happened to her. You know, like a bubble above her head, you know, like four legs, three legs, and then playing with a Frisbee. Like, hey, I lost my leg and I overcame it. So don't worry that you're missing an ear. So Malibu gains the courage to go with Roxy, play with the, all the other dogs. And of course they're accepted. They all play together. And the message of the story is that it's okay to be different. So it kind of teaches kids because Malibu kind of self-imposed her isolation in the dog park. If you want to look into it that way. 
because the dogs weren't being mean to her, but she just was, he was so nervous because he had one ear and he felt so different. And then the other dogs didn't care, you know? So it's about confidence, even though you, if you have a difference, that's really the I, message. Right. And uh, the book obviously is from kids to, what would you say, K to? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I've had three-year-olds read it, but I really, yeah, I think K through five is great. I mean, obviously a three and four-year-old can get, I've read it to them and they can get it, but you know, it's really applicable to yeah K through five, I would say. Right. And then, so right. for, for kids who may be reading it, who are different, um, mm -hmm. sort of what messaging from both either Roxy or Malibu would you want them to take? And let's take it one dog at a time, if you will. Right. And just say, you know, from, from Roxy, who's a three-legged dog or a tripod dog, right. and then for Malibu, who's missing an ear. So for a child right. reading that with a, with a physical disability like that, what would you want them to take away or learning that you'd want them to learn from, uh, from reading the book? Right. I talked to someone today because a child who, and I am in touch with a lot of parents whose children as young as three, four have lost one, two legs or, or all four limbs actually. Um, so seeing a dog go through this as a child who has a difference, I think is comforting because it's a little a safer of a space to just watch an animal go through it, but they can relate obviously. So they watch, they watch Roxy be really scared, which I'm sure they relate to. You know, when they went to the hospital, maybe they remember it or not, depending on how little they are. Um, and then they, they can relate to the whole process of Roxy being nervous and then gaining confidence. So I would like the kids who do have differences to kind of gain strength through Roxy. Um, and it's a visible, what's interesting, it's a visible limitation for Roxy, right? But there are kids who can relate to this book with learning disabilities, such as autism or any type of special need. It's not only a visible difference that can this can help, right? Someone with mm -hmm. a difference you can't see. And that's also a different message. You know, all differences are not visible. Malibu, I tell people was born, I decided on the spot that Malibu was born with one ear. <laughs> Someone asked me and I'm like, oh, I never decided. So I decided Roxy had the surgery and lost her limb and Malibu was born that way. That's why I, that way I can co cover congenital, you know, limb loss or, you know, differences versus surgical. I figured that'd be a good broad spectrum. Malibu is another, like all because you look different doesn't mean that people are gonna treat you differently. Like having the confidence, especially if you think of a child now where, wearing a prosthesis, right? And they really make the awesome ones with superheroes on it and stuff. If you go to school confident, you're like, hey, this is my leg. Kids are gonna react very differently to you is if you're really shy and nervous and you're you know, being confident is a, makes a very big difference in how other people respond to you when you look different, I think. So the book is trying to give kids confidence. That's mm -hmm. the goal. I think there's also some, you know, some mirroring, maybe even for adults, I think, you know, if you'll read it as an adult, and thank you for sending the, the book, by the way, as well, you know, that, that feeling of isolation as well from at that level, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that first initial feeling of I'm different and I look different now than what I was before, right? And then taking that whole, oh, I don't want to be in that group because yeah. I, you know, I don't feel, I, I don't want to say I don't feel normal anymore. So kind of like mm -hmm. both, you know, Roxy who who experienced limb loss a different way, and Mal uh, uh, and Malibu experiencing, you know, a uh, 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 limb difference from birth, from a from birth, mm -hmm. they can still both feel isolation somehow. It's it's great that Roxy's kind of open 
and reaching out to, to Valibu. Uh -huh. But when Roxy knows how to be normal, if you will, in the uh -huh. beginning, you know, because she's had four legs, right? Yeah. Um, and in, in a, I think in amputees anyway, or, or people who experience limb loss, it's usually the one who uh, have lost something, who have lost the limb, who may be in that isolation mode. And so you've kind of reversed it in this way, how to be more positive. Um, I read right. into it that way as an adult. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know if that's sort of what you're looking into, you know, theme-wise that way. Because uh, I think there's some references in there for, that, uh, that also applies to adults reading the book. Yeah, for sure. And then also adults reading the book, like my husband's grandfather, so we called him Pop-Up, he had a tracheotomy. So he, he spoke with like the vibrator thing. And that was scary to the kids. He was pop up and that's how they knew him. But I was just thinking about the book and exposure. And like, if we would have had a book about an animal doing that, it would have been a little bit more comfortable maybe for the kids. So like for an adult with the book who has a difference trying to explain this to their grandkids or their children, it's also a tool for adults. You don't have to have little kids because sometimes, you know, um, that's what I think. Yeah, no, I think I, I like that. I, it's 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 a yeah. way to you know it's a it's a great teaching tool as well, right? Yeah. For for a, a teacher or an adult, like to your point about you know reading the book to them and explaining the difference as you go, uh, with both Roxy and and Malibu in in the book. Um, yeah. Now let's talk about the dogs themselves. So you said you had Roxy, and what kind of a dog is Roxy? My real Roxy is a shepherd. I, I think she's primarily shepherd with some collie or husky. So she has these puffball eyebrows. So the dog, the character Roxy really is based on visually my real Roxy. Right. Because I wanted her to live forever. <laughs> <In the books. laughs> um, so the real reason I, when I made her this way, I, I told the illustrator took, I went through three illustrators until I got the right Roxy because I was like, I want, Roxy to be three-legged to have a unique feature but to be very cozy and lovable because I have a stuffed animal coming of her there's 250 mm -hmm. of them like on the way to my house that's going to be funny to open but I wanted it to be a lovable character with a difference because when you think of children's books I know you're probably younger than me but Clifford or Curious George of all the books that I grew up with no one was different looking as a as a famous even Disney right so I wanted Roxy to like become this like one day famous dog, but like a three-legged dog. So kids or anyone with a difference could be like, hey, that's just like me. That's really why I made her three-legged. One of the reasons. Right. In the book, is she still um, sort of kind of like your real, the real Roxy or is she a different dog in a way? Or just, you just look for illustration that kind of looked like, like Roxy. Yeah, I was just basing it on her picture. Yeah. Okay. And what yeah. about Malibu? Is she is Malibu a specific dog nope. breed as well? No, Malibu just is random. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, I mean, but, I don't know what kind of dog. I, I don't really know what kind of dog Malibu is. Look, what right. do you think? I'm showing you. <laughs> I'm not it, well, sure. Malibu, Malibu, yeah, Malibu looks like. Um, uh, so I grew up with short-haired um, golden retrievers. <laughs> And so I, yeah. you know, I, I kind of looked at him that way. So let's yeah. talk about the process of writing a book because you talked about, you know, okay. having to work with different illustrators. So yeah, for those who are interested in writing a book, like what were you, yeah. what, what was that process like for you? Um, well, you can go a few different ways. Like initially I was just going to go and do it myself 
self self and just do an ebook. And then my roommate from college was like, you really need a physical book if you're going to give kids a book. So I looked for a self-publishing company because the truth is like my manuscript, if I sent it out to like a real publisher, they get thousands of books. And this is about two dogs with differences. I really didn't think it was going to be picked up and I was going to make, you know, like, here's all this money to write this book. So I kind of had to pay a self-publisher and it was every, I wrote it and then they did, it was all at one place. So they do the um, editing, the illustration, the format, all the way up to uploading it to um, who's going to pub, you know, who's going to print it. And then it's out of their hands and then it's for sale. All of a sudden it's for sale. I'm like, oh my God, it's out there. So it was really good. I mean, I'm almost done with the second one. So I did the same exact company because I love the illustrator so much. I didn't want to lose him. And I wanted to make sure I got him again, because otherwise, how could I write a second book, you know? Right, right. Um, and you said, I just said, this is a series, right? Yes. So the second one comes out in November and Roxy's on a different adventure. Do you want me to talk about that now? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. All right. So the next one, this is Roxy and Malibu. It's okay to be different. And the next one is Roxy and Tully. Words matter. So in the next one, Roxy actually puts on a prosthetic blade and goes to school. So it's a little bit more complicated, not complicated, but it's a little bit more, um, there's a lot to the next story I wanna say. So she she's nervous about going to a new school. She's nervous about wearing her prosthesis. She's nervous that she looks different, right? She doesn't wanna go, she's hiding in her crate. Um, and then she goes to school and people, you know, animals are staring at her. So it's the whole process of like what someone would feel if they were different, right? Um, and then she befriends this pig named Clementine and that's great. But then she encounters Tully, which is a bull and Tully's the bully. And it's the whole experience of dealing with the bully and your words and insecurities and all the animals kind of intervene. I don't want to give it away, but- um, Of course, yes. Um, it deals but, with like bystander intervention, which is big now with bullying and not letting, you can't, these days, I think now the focus is if you see someone being treated badly to not just walk away, you know, so to speak. So I have the animals, like one comes up and helps Roxy and then all of them come up and then they teach a lesson to the bully. And then the bully realizes that all oh, because you're insecure doesn't mean that you can be mean and, you know, how words are powerful because they are. And then of course they become friends in the end. And well, don't give the end. ending away. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I would never have a book end sadly. <laughs> I get it, but so, you know, yeah. but we want people to go and, and get the book. Yes. Um, I, I think also there's a great message in that, in that, you know, there is Roxy's insecurity too of coming to a new school, you know, that children can relate to, and especially a child that's coming in, first of all, with you know, a prosthesis, right? Mm -hmm. And wearing a prosthesis. And so I think it is also important for non-disabled kids or able-bodied kids to understand you know somebody walking around the hallways like that yes. um and not to treat them differently just because they look different that way and and kids today whether you have disability or not do treat you a different way just because of the clothes you're wearing or how oh you wear your hair everything it's tough. so i think it's yeah. very important right so right um you know so i think it's important to talk about and to your point about the the right words and choosing the right words to use and how yeah. You know, um, I think that's a great way to to actually, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Intervene or start a child off the right way about not only choosing the right words, but treating everyone equally. 
and not, yes. you know, not anything different just because they do look different. And then if a child who does not, you know, who does not have a disability or a difference or a learning disability reads this, the second book or the first book, and they're, this is my goal, you know, um, for one of the goals, if they're on at recess and they see someone being made fun of whether they have a prosthesis or whatever, wearing glasses, because in the book I have, <laughs> this was fun. Um, I have a bunch of the animals like, you know, share with Tully, well, I never like this about myself. And it's all the animals talking about like, you know, the eyes of the frog. I never liked them. My eyes bugged out of my head. Typical things that maybe that animal might complain about. Um, so if they see this going on in the playground, maybe they'll step in, even if it's not happening to them. I don't know, right? There's a chance right. if they read the book. and Absolutely. And that's kind right. of what I'm saying is that, you know, yeah. it, there's always something I think unique about every single one of us, right? That yeah. we don't we didn't even know that we can get bullied for but we do or oh God, you know yeah. or something that that we're not it's you know that we're already insecure about that somebody points out all of a sudden so i think owning that insecurity too and owning saying you know i'm and i think that's one way of also finding out that people are just everyone around us is just like you where you have an insecurity about your hair your nose your eyes or whatever that someone may say that as well that i have an insecurity about my hand or you know what i mean like it's that commonality i think that um, hopefully unites the children at the playground instead of bullying each other. Right. And I, you know, I had to be careful with this one because I am not an, I do not have an amputation and I'm trying to, nor does anyone in my family. And I wanted to, so I consulted with um, a woman who was, I met on LinkedIn. She was amazing. I would send her pictures. And then this prosthetist, his name is Alex in Nevada. He helped me because I just wanted to make sure I was doing it right with the right terminology with this. I don't want to offend anybody because it's a sensitive topic and it's not personal to me. I'm just trying to advocate. Um, so I think I did okay. I mean, her blade is a little small, but I, I think because she has a paw that I think Roxy's blade is appropriate for a dog. <laughs> so, um, but I like the fact that I introduced the word because even a lot of adults don't know what a blade is. So in the book, I can tell you this, I don't care. Um, you know, someone's, you know, I like your, that's a cool leg. And Roxy's like, thanks, it's called a blade. So that way, right away, kids can learn what it's called and adults. Oh, I didn't know that. Why not teach at that moment, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Use it as a teachable moment. Yeah. I, you said something really interesting that's kind of sparked a, you know, again, as an author, I'm always, I, I could never write. But that research process, what was that like? And how long did that take you? Like, what are the steps that you took to, to, to get there because I think people sometimes forget about the whole research that goes aimed into a children's book like yours right so I wrote this one I wrote I, I wrote like a lot of them during COVID I, some of them oh my god I have like Roxy and the red mask and I had a mask talking to Roxy oh you should see the stuff I wrote it's so funny I have one where Roxy goes to boot camp because my son is in ROTC right now so I thought it would be so cool if Roxy goes to boot camp with three legs and maybe that one will come out you know so that I like that one, but um, this one I did right, but I had to really change it a lot. Um, so it took me a long time to get this one right. I had the premise of it, the whole bullying, being a bull. And at first I had it as Roxy and Tully, a lesson about a bully. But then I was thinking, that's not a lesson. Like Roxy and Malibu, it's okay to be different. That's the message, right? It's okay to be different. I wanted each book to have like a message as a subtitle. So a lesson about a bully is not, a. that's just a, a bully. So I was like, you know what? It's not about the bully, actually. It's about the words. 
And I think words are very powerful. It's, I mean, I'm seeing it everywhere. Um, how you say it, and I think what in the book it says, you know, what you say and how you say it can really impact others. That's like the main thing of the book, you know? So it took a while, you know, it took a few months to really hone it down and I had to research. It was fun though, because it rhymes. So I had to research like, what would a pig complain about? You know, does pig have a snout? I'm like, you know, I had to make sure I got like all the animal body parts right. It was kind of fun. And yeah, I did, no, like, just, I guess, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say like, just so people, understand the gravity of writing a book Did, yeah. you talked about how many manuscripts you went through yeah like and you said it took you months so how many iterations and and what was that process like what were the how did you get yourself to keep motivated with the edits and everything else that to keep you going and to finish your book I don't mind it I just stay up really late my husband thinks I'm crazy but I'm like I you know I just I just can't stop so it does it's not hard for me to motivate because I love it I, I think it's so fun and I love the rhyming and, you know, I don't know if rhyming is in now or not for children's books, but I like the fact that it rhymes. I think it's fun, especially with the layout. You don't think it rhymes because it's in a paragraph, but then you're like, oh, it rhymes because you read it and then it somehow rhymes. So I think that's kind of a little bit of a surprise. You know what I mean? Um, it wasn't hard for me to motivate. It just took a while and I felt like I couldn't, I kept not getting there especially at first my brother helped me because I had all the animals come over and he's like, you should have Clementine go over first. And then all the animals see that Clementine helped Roxy and then all the animals come over. So it took me a little while to get the whole feel of, of doing it the right way, you know? And I was nervous to have her wear a prosthesis. The, the reason I had her do it, if you want me to be honest, is they showed me the cover, Roxy's holding Clementine's hand, the pig, and she's just standing there on one leg. And I'm like, missing a leg. And I'm like, well, is she going to hop around school? And they're like, well, she has two choices. You can do crutches. I'm like, she's not going to wear crutches in school. I'm like, let's put a prosthesis on her. So that's how that started. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Like all of these, all of the back and forth, I guess. Yeah. The, if you will, your creative team to, yeah. to really come up with, and hone in on even what, to your point, like what would she wear? to school right. that, that you know to, to do to be able to do the activities so for those of you who haven't seen the book yet um roxy is a hind leg amputee so she's missing if i picture right. it correctly on the back right yeah Correct. yeah yeah um and so yeah and and i think i don't know um uh, if i did my research right i think that's one of the more difficult no sorry the difficult amputation for a dog is the front legs yeah back, um, back is fine back they usually legs, don't yeah. need a, um yeah they usually don't need a an or a prosthetic usually if they're both paralyzed in the back they would get is the, when it's know, the yeah much more yeah. difficult um yeah. i think the front is much more difficult for dogs because mm -hmm. their balance comes from the front i believe yeah. and so did that sort of those decisions also come into play when you were creating the character yeah yeah i asked my brother i said well which leg does sabi may that's his dog so you know i that was a big thing too which leg do i do is that right you know what i mean and then another one the second book the illustrator wasn't comfortable because it's all animals in school at recess in the cafeteria and he's like they had to make it like animals walking on two legs not you know like the Bernstein bears used to be mm -hmm. so I was like oh my god do I want that that was a big decision too I'm like well if he's not comfortable then we have to do it that way so Roxy's walking on two legs in the second book but on a prosthesis like they're like people but animals right right but at home she's in her crate 
you know, so I have her on the front page, I have her prosthesis like leaning against the dog crate and she's in the crate, like trying not to go to school and her parents make her go on the bus and she'll right. stay, you know, so I didn't get like, it wasn't really about rehab and getting the prosthesis. I just wanted it to be a part of the story and it be normal in a way, like quote unquote, like, I, don't, I hate to use that word, but I wanted to almost normalize wearing prosthesis. And the right. story wasn't about that, but she was wearing it. Does that make sense? Right. No, absolutely. No, yeah. and I think that's that's also important in that, in that, you know, we often talk about I am not my my disability, right? Like right. I am still me. Like it's still I'm still a person. You know, right. we we get it out of the way for the first five minutes of, of our conversation. And you know, you get to know more about me instead of my disability. So I think that's a great right. message in itself, too. Right, exactly. Right. So, um, yeah. Oh, you were going to say. No, no, you're right. I'm just thinking about in the book, like Clementine is like, that's a cool leg. You know, first she's like, I like, first she says, I like your bandana, Roxy, which I did on purpose because it wasn't even like she cared about the fact that she had a prosthesis. She liked her pink bandana and Roxy's like, that's my favorite color. And of course she's a pig. So she said mine too. And then she said, that's a cool leg. And Roxy's like, it's actually called the blade. And I was afraid to wear it to school. And then she's like, well, why don't you come eat lunch with us? And that was it. She just got right over it. And I think that's exactly how kids are, mm -hmm. right? They can be, they can be as simple as cool. I like your leg and move on. Yeah. No, I, so, when I meet kids, yeah. it's interesting. You know, when I do my talks in, in schools and I meet kids and, you know, they introduce me as a para-athlete or whatever. Um, when I get introduced to these kids, you know, to show them the sports, pair, pair sports, they usually go, oh, cool leg. You know, I still get like, even when I walk around, it's like, mommy or daddy, you know, that man has robot legs, right? Right. I, you know, I smile to them and I, I wave, you know, if, and, it, and I find it really interesting that sometimes it's a parent who will shush the child and go, don't look oh, yeah. there or don't point or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But kids have no filter and they don't know how. And, right. and so I always use it as a teachable moment and say, it's okay. Like you don't have to shame them for asking, or you don't. You don't have to even shame me for. I don't know if I if that's right. What I'm using to, like, don't talk to that man because he's a disability. You know, he's a person with a disability. Right. It's like it's okay to talk to me. Like it's, it's fine. You know, I I'll use it as a teachable moment and a learning opportunity, right? So anyway, so my point is, you know, they will say that, and two seconds later, it's like, yeah, you just like anyone else in this place. You know, it's yeah. like they'll come up and like somebody came up to me. I remember this or I was at a coffee shop ordering and the the dad, I guess he goes, he whispered. He's like, can my son talk to you? Because he really wants to talk to you since you came in. And I said, sure. And uh, but he didn't go, you know, don't ask those questions or whatever. Like, I love the opportunity. Oh, good. The, the way that he came up to me first and said, you know, can my son talk to you? And and. Thankfully, I have enough training to work with children that I, mm -hmm. you know, lowered my face. So I'm not towering over them. I'm mm -hmm. also six one, Right. So it's like, you know, talk to talk at their level. And the kid and I just like the kid literally had one question. He's like, those are cool robot legs. How did you get them? That's cool. That's great. Right. And, you know, and I didn't obviously go through my whole sappy, sad story. Mm -hmm. And I just said, oh, you know, I, I said I kind of had you know, a very serious illness that I had to lose my legs. But look, I'm standing now and I play sports and I'm an athlete and I get to do whatever I want. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. He walks away. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. 
if we just tell, if we know, if we make it just like it's anything else, they move right on. Okay, let's go play. Yeah, That's it. yeah, exactly, right. And so it was, yeah, and I, and the dad just kind of go. He goes, I thought you were gonna say something really cool, like you know, a shark got me. I said, well, I don't want to scare your child. <laughs> You know, there's a whole like, movement. There's a movement now about. I'm sure you know about this within the acting, um, with disabled actors or actresses. And I was, I can't think of his last name, Alex. He was just put that they're casting. Every time they cast someone who's disabled in a movie, the character is kind of like sad, or it's about like a negative perception of the disability, as opposed to just just like you said you play sports you go to the gym you do everything you even compete so instead of just making it a regular character with regular you know what i mean it's not a they always make it about the disabilities i think there is a movement right now to just be more authentic with casting no absolutely I was just talking. Um, it's and, yeah no it's, um, it's very it's very important to see yeah to see representations of ourselves and i think that's what yeah this book does as well as it shows representation yeah. of people you know, animals with different abilities, and that you know it, it's it should be normalized, and it it's okay. It's you know, don't treat us any different just because we look different. Uh, it's, tough. Some, it's yeah. You know. Young kids actually are the most, the least biased. I mean, they're the most open to being okay. So that's my whole thing. Like, if we start at three and four, and they're oh, I saw that in a book. You know, we get biased and we get nasty as we get older. I think they're taught that. I mean, it's not innate. I don't think. You know. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. Uh, I, you know, yeah. like you know, it, it's what they pick up around the home. So if you start them yeah. off young with with learning how yeah. to how to be around other kids who have a, a, a you know who have their own uniqueness and own abilities, yeah. and be, yeah. you know, and be able to accept that, um, yeah. I think they're. They'll hopefully grow up to be better adults. I agree. Just my thought. That's the goal, right? <laughs> Even if we get one, right? But, I mean, you can't change everybody, but you know, change one makes a difference. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. What's and how many how many books are you looking to to have in this series, or do you have any count yet as to what you want to do? Well, probably like wait after the second one and just try to work on the two, you know, cause I have to learn how to market. I just learned, you know, social media. I'm really just figuring it out. It's <laughs> I'm old. So I just figured out reels and stories. It's very overwhelming. So I think I'll give it a little bit, but I do have a, I'm just going to keep going because I love it. My goal is to just, even though I love doing my therapy, you know, I just do it like twice a week. Now my goal is just to be doing this because mm -hmm. I love it. The best part is everyone I've met such as you. And like, I mean, I can't believe the whole world that I have been all of a sudden exposed to from the book. And it didn't, right. I didn't plan on that. I mean, amazing organizations. I mean, I think I've sent out like 50 free books. I just keep sending that to people. I can't help it. I have to stop, <laughs> but I just see these Instagram and, you know, everything. And I'm like, Oh my God. And also the dog, the canine, there's a whole nother world that I'm involved in is like special need dogs. So the book kind of has a dual audience. So it's all dog lover. There's a whole dog world out there, obviously. And then there's like three, there's a tripod dog organization, which is amazing. And then there's people who do prosthetics, you know, and bionic dog and walk-in pets and all these amazing companies that give prosthetics to dogs, not even dogs, turtles, cow, 
I mean, I've seen like turtles in wheelchairs. I mean, like little wheelie things. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it's awesome. So that's where the technology has brought those, you know. Oh my God, yeah. You'd usually put those those animals to, to rest, if you will, yes. but not anymore, dude. They can live no. full lives, just like humans live full lives with disabilities, yes. right? So. Yeah, there's a chicken. I swear, there's a chicken named Clara. And I said, you have to put it on my pet post. I have a section of my web po- website called Pet Posts. At first it was dog posts and I realized it was not inclusive. I didn't want to just limit it to dogs. So now I only have a cats and dogs, but there's like a cow, a chicken, and a, like a rabbit that I'm hoping to get put on that are all wearing like braces. <laughs> it's awesome. So No, it's a, it's a, it's a large community. And, and, yeah. um, and I don't know if you want to share this, but I also know that proceeds of your books goes to yeah. uh, found a, a specific foundation. Did you want to talk about yeah. that? Yes, I just decided um, when I was doing my research that the Amputee Coalition was just like a great, you know, nationwide, worldwide organization. And I just decided to just give proceeds from each sale. Not that there have been that many yet, but, you know, I just wanted there to be a charitable aspect to it because I just, you know, it's not only about me, um, it's about raising awareness. So I didn't put it on any of the books because I thought, you know, maybe one day I would change the organization, but I haven't yet the next one it still makes sense to do the next one to them so um yeah so that's cool I'm excited about that yeah and they said it was okay you know of course I cleared it with them so no um, that's wonderful like you said it's it's a great it's it's a it's a great organization and it's a great community as well of people and and um I can tell you that um had it not been for COVID there's usually a co um a conference that goes on every year that's mm. put on by the IPT coalition. And if you could imagine about 1200 to 1500 people with different abilities in one room, wow, that's right. So and cool. it's just, it's just, and that's, that's how big this community is. And it gets really oh, yeah. big. Right. Uh, I mean, those are the people who can just make it to that conference. So yeah. you can imagine the, how big the community is. And, and we're often still considered one of the smallest communities, but it's, you know, of people with disabilities, but it's a huge community and there's a lot of movement going on. And I think your book is also part of that movement, showing kids how to treat one another yeah. um, and the lessons they learn with, with treating somebody with a limb difference or um, experience uh, uh, limb loss. And so that's great. So what would your takeaway be or what would you want our listeners to take away from our conversation today about the books at Roxy? Um, I think that just... Books are powerful tools, whether you're an adult, whether you're, you know, you're, you're buying it for an adult or a child, that it's just a great tool to teach kids, um, to expose kids very young, that different is okay. And that's a very important message, you know, whether you're talking about skin color, whether you're talking about just something as simple of, as not having as much money or, you know, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Kids are very cruel about, especially with social media now. Um, so, and it's also important for the second book to stand up for your friends, you know, not with violence, but how you say things and words matter, but not only when you're talking about bullying, but words matter, like one compliment, what do they say? 10, if, if 10 people say something negative to you and one person says something positive, you're only going to remember, isn't there a saying like you only remember the negative, like, so that's why like I'm, I'm diverting, but I always write reviews, like if I go stay at a hotel or do anything, you know, I always make sure I write a positive review because I feel like no one does. All people do is complain. So to me, like 
complimenting someone or saying one nice thing might make their whole day. It might make their whole week. And so words do matter, even just, you know, cool shirt, whether you mean it or not, who cares? You know what I mean? Right. Um, so it's your point. Being, it changes someone's day, literally. It changes you know, someone's I, day. You, yeah. You don't know what's going on with someone. They might be in a home. A kid might have a really bad home life and they go to school. That's why COVID was so hard. Some kids were stuck at home and, and school was their outlet. Schools where they had special support potentially. And then their home, a lot of them didn't have internet at home. So, you know, you just never know what's going on with someone. So if you can be nice and kind, that's important, you know. Oh, so. That's good. Um, and so where can people find um, your books and learn more about you? Um, everything is on my website. And I wanted to mention that uh, www.adventuresofroxyroxy.com. So if you go there, you can learn about the new book. You can see the cover. Um, if you want to purchase it, it's there. If you don't want to purchase it, you can download free printable activities. There's like word searches, book discussion questions, um, you know, all educating on, you know, confidence, respect, friendship, that kind of stuff, um, word matching. So there's a lot of educational tools for teachers. There's coloring pages. So we just decided today we're going to make two new coloring pages with the new book and new activities with the new book. So there's going to be a bunch on there. Um, oh, there's a resource list. So everyone I talk to, like whether it's dog bandanas or, you know, autism support, I put their website on my website, like as a resource. So it's kind of right. like a mix of all kinds of cool resources from, you know, hearing loss support to you name it. You know what I mean? Limb loss. So that's on there too. So it's a bunch of stuff. The website's really the place to go. And my Instagram is at Adventures of Roxy Rue. If you just want to see like daily stuff, you know. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much for spending time with me today. I want to thank Hillary Sussman for joining me today. Thank you. I'll share the link on my website at www.airstalkingbeginner.com. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or show ideas, please connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at The Amphitheater Show. Until next time, I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and this has been The Amphitheater Show Podcast. <laughs>